Welcome to Know Your Risk and Insurance Coverage with Risk ProNet, where we will discuss all things insurance for you and your company. Risk ProNet is a network of independent agencies who offer specialized insurance across business sectors. Regardless of where you are in your insurance journey, we want to invite you to join us to think about insurance differently. Know your risk and insurance coverage with Risk ProNet provides answers to all your insurance questions. Welcome, everybody, to Know Your Risk and Insurance with Risk ProNet. Uh, today, we're going to be talking to Bruce White, a partner at JKJ, and he specializes in their international business unit. And what I want to emphasize with Bruce today is that this international business is something domestically that most of us struggle with. And yet, JKJ over the years has developed an expertise in it and has really become the member agency that most of us go to when we have a situation we need some help with. And and I'll let Bruce tell the story, but it's pretty fascinating as to how they got involved in this as a domestic firm in Philadelphia and what it has grown into today and some of the ideas that we can use in our own firms to try and, as our clients start to work internationally and they need help, how do you get that done in other countries when our domestic carriers can't get it done? So, Hey, I'm really glad, and I'm looking forward to speaking to my friend, Bruce. So, Bruce, welcome. Glad to have you here. Chip, always good to catch up again. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to our discussions today. We, especially myself, but a ton of us at JKJ, live and breathe the international uh, business and, and handling programs for multinational companies. It's a ton of fun, and asking the questions or lifting the rocks that people haven't lifted before to figure out solutions that just, you know, are against the grain is uh, is something that we really enjoy doing. Well, hey, give us a background, if you don't mind, real quick on how JKJ ended up in this space and what it's turned into today, because it's it's much more different than what how it started, isn't it? Yeah, so we, we, we were founded in 1959, and I can't tell you what our first multinational account was that, that we handled. I would imagine we had to have had something before the 80s. But I would say, with like the really the intentional act was was uh, founded in the early 1980s with a with a very large Japanese American company that that we became engaged with through a broker selection process. And inherently, why they made that decision in the in the in the broker selection process wasn't a program that we put together. It wasn't some really unique service proposition. It was having a cultural understanding about the dynamics in that meeting. And how those cultural di- dynamics differed so greatly from what American perspective typically is, especially, you know, even, even American perspectives uh, vary pretty widely depending on the geography and, you know, urban versus suburban areas and, and having an appreciation from where everybody comes from, but also just their cultural paradigms, you know, whether it's courtesy, whether it's, um, you know, what, what their points of, of emphasis are, whether it's how they work through conversations so, you know, f- from that, um, you know, and, and it's been a long journey over the past 40 years. You know, I always, always give the, the uh, you know, the, the, the godfather, the OG of our, of our international practice was, was John Wright, a longtime partner of, uh, and CEO of JKJ and, and uh, a great partner of my father, Bruce White, since the early 1990s, you know, really was very intentional on how this was built out. Um, but we, ha- we have joined uh, networks and formed a variety of different friendships and partnerships through the years. And, and really, the commonality that you look for, Risk Perna is such a great group of network of just common, common philosophy type brokerage firms that look to drive value to their clients 
in different ways, shapes, and forms. And we like to learn that from each other. Well, we've taken that, that really like kind of the risk prone philosophy and just extended it outside of our borders. So actually when, when I was in school and it, it's not, it's not novel, but studied abroad and spent time in, in Rome for a semester and just had this super impressionable professor while I was there that was an English, uh, an ex English exec that had worked for a Japanese multinational company and spent time in a bunch of different countries in the world. From an American student perspective, it, it just opened my eyes in all of the different idiocracies that no matter what segment in your room, whether it's manufacturing, services industry, pharmaceutical, that, that the meat and potatoes of doing international business is, is having um, an open-mindedness, an ability to adjust to how different countries, whether it's from a statutory standpoint, a cultural standpoint, a legal standpoint, um, you know, do, do business and, 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 and constantly being curious to always be looking into that, whether, whether it's from an insurance perspective, whether it's how an insurance program is built, um, a lot of different jurisdictions do things differently. So it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely critical to be constantly adjusting and reevaluating the lens that you see insurance or a client engagement through and, and what, and questioning whether that lens is the correct lens that, that a broker partner may be looking through or that a client um, company that may be looking through as well. So it's a lot of stuff, right? And, and so you say cultural paradigm. And I think what I'm hearing you say is, listen, you got to have more than just, you got to understand who they are, what they're about, what makes them tick. And it sounds like this buzzword of emotional intelligence, but you got to take it from our American culture and, and then have the same uh, mojo, so to speak, when you're working with these people from these other other multinational countries. And and you guys are it's it's not just one country. It's not just Japan, right? It's Europe, Jap- Japan, Asia. You're global now, all parts of the world. Is it, and what about distribution? So is, is it always just multinationals needing coverage place for their American entities? Are you going back the other way and taking American businesses that need something placed for uh, international exposure? Yeah, so, so right. So we, we do both. But listen, the, the U.S. economy is a very business-friendly and an owner-friendly economy. A lot of times, companies are looking to substantiate their operations and sales and growth strategies by tapping into the U.S. market. A fair amount of the companies we handle are subsidiaries of foreign-owned parent companies. Um, also, we specialize in designing global programs that are outgoing countries. And especially as a result of the pandemic, uh, it's been transformative as far as what companies are doing to change their uh, supply chain structures and relocating, um, you know, maybe outsourced manufacturing that was being utilized as as a way to to optimize a cost structure. But due to logistics challenges, shifting taxation environments, and, and just a, a reliability and trust, whether it's intellectual property rights or just um, accountability and knowing that your product's going to be where it needs to be when it, when you need it to get there. Is that something that comes up regularly now with your clients in these meetings? Is that, I mean, we've heard about it, but you're maybe the first person I've talked to in the insurance business that maybe has a little more feel for what you're seeing in terms of volume and what people are doing with your clients. Yeah, you know, it was, it was funny Dur- during the pandemic, one of the, one of the biggest uh, growth inhibitors that we've heard from client companies was, you know, the sales orders are not the problem. It, you know, that, that's always in every organization, whether you're insurance or, or pharmaceutical, manufacturing, you know, outfitting the sales and growth through sales. 
uh, the sales, you know, the sales and the, and the purchase orders were there. It was just a, a, um, the ability to, to fill them. So, so, so the supply chains and logistics were, became a huge issue. Part of it was the location of, of outsourced either raw materials or manufacturing. Um, so I think, you know, re- really with the innovation and in, in just technology, but also a reevaluation of, of locations and geography of suppliers and manufacturing facilities is, is really going to change a bit of a reckoning of what countries have been tapped into for, for a lot of that investment. Wow, that's exciting. I think it's really fascinating these times we're living in right now and what, what it's going to look like as we start to navigate this post-pandemic or whatever we're calling it. So if you have struggling with placement internationally, what would an independent brokerage firm or a member of Risk ProNet do? Is it typically our situation where we need to try and find something for uh, something in Switzerland or something in France? What's the brokerage environment look like in those countries? It, we only know what we know here. Do they look the same? Are they different? Are we fools to be moving forward, assuming it looks like how we do business? On a face value, you, you'd walk in and you almost feel like you're at home, right? We're, we're talking insurance. We're talking the same language. The further you get into the, the meat and potatoes of it, it, the further you realize you are apart. Although the, the catchphrases and the, and the big terminologies are similar enough, uh, the more granular you get into these policies, which depending on the country gets more and more challenging because you have sometimes language issues, sometimes just a, a complete different uh, perspective on what should be covered or not. Uh, most other countries, you know, are not common law countries. And then even the common law countries that around the world that you say, okay, well, it's got to be similar enough, like in Ireland or UK or uh, Australia. To, to a U.S. structure, um, still the, the points of emphasis and the statutory environment completely different. I was just in Ireland pretty pretty recently with a with a very very uh, good friend and broker partner of ours, and you know even things like you know that I learned that they'll, they'll cap uh, awards based on certain judgments. You know, like that that's things that, that I think that generally we would welcome in the insurance industry to to kind of manage. And you're in California, you of all people certainly know that. Uh, but would welcome from from an insurance perspective just to keep things in in kind of reality. But it's the nuclear verdicts that uh, in the U.S. and the class and the class action uh, that, that that significantly drives premium costs and premium rates. So all of that is, is a bit different. But like even in the most basic basic sense, you know, property policy that's going to be structured completely different depending on the country and having a very very proactive. Uh, broker arrangement and broker partnership between the two countries and who those individuals are, not just saying, oh, I know that firm. That's that's not good enough. You, you want whoever you're choosing to be having a very active discussion about the scope of risk, the legal environment, contract structure, um, and how ma- risk is managed relative to how that country would perceive risk management. Wow. So fascinating. You know, it, it makes me realize as we get deeper into this, you know, we have we have been allowed ourselves in the domestic market, the brokerage firms to get away with, it's not laziness, it's just we've made it easy, especially in the soft market, right? You could send in anything and just ask for a quote and something would come back. Where internationally, it, what you just described sounds to me like the broker plays a super important role in knowing those areas you talked about and knowing what's available and how to form that up. And 
and re- really requires that broker to have some knowledge to participate in the process as opposed to just sending an email and a halfway filled out supplication and expecting them to do the answering for you. And I like the part about the relationships, right? Relationships matter. And I think coming out of this COVID deal, the small things matter and relationships matter. And we've kind of lost sight of that. And I think that's coming back, I hope. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there, there's no, there's no shortcut to building trust, uh, and building, building an efficient, um, business relationship and it's time together. Um, and so that's what, so we, we make, and it's, it's paramount to the design of, of our international, uh, relationships. It, we make a huge commitment to travel. So our travel, and as you know, Chip, um, there's reciprocity. So we have a single office and sometimes that surprises our, our clients or our partners, but it's very strategic. Like we, we build a very high level of competency from a single location. And it also allows all of our team members to interact quite frequently together when, when we're here. Um, but the insurance industry, although it's a state governed industry, allows for reciprocity uh, with all the states. So we do business actively with client locations in, I think it's all states except for, for maybe like North, uh, North Dakota, I think right now, or South Dakota might be the one that we don't have a client location. But also, you know, Puerto Rico and D.C., you have, you have to be active in those environments. So, you know, the, the flexibility to do that, but also like to, to, to have an understanding and, and who are good people in certain markets. And that's, a, that's an evolving concept. Uh, we were talking about it a bit earlier, but in the U.S. insurance market, people are always changing. People retire. There's acquisitions. Uh, same thing in the international markets. Uh, so always, always, you know, creating good friendships and, and good partnerships and really knowing the consummate professionals uh, relative in each country um, is so much fun and getting to experience other cultures is so much fun. But that's how you learn how other businesses and other countries do business is by being there, sitting and breaking bread and, and uh, really getting to know people and, and not worried about you telling your story, but listening to other people's story. And I always think it's it's a it's um you know that that cultural awareness and and having having an open mind to that and and to understand that people aren't just going to always think the way that you think um, is is critical to an effective uh, international strategy. And you know I know it's talking a bit out it, like it sounds like it's outside of insurance, but it's not. It's it's so integral to the design of these programs. I love to hear that because that's really what our business is all about, right? Is relationships and building trust and and do you find yourselves are you looking to hire anybody outside of the united states or is everything just still staying local to philadelphia and then you're just getting expertise as you need it as you move ahead or what's the strategy for continued growth here yeah we have you know especially with with certain types of uh uh backgrounds and country specific uh we've hired expatriates from from countries we we do look for them to work from you know philosophically from our office. That's, that's our business model. Um, but, but, um, especially with certain, um, what I call country verticals where we have very high concentration of certain businesses, uh, uh, types of businesses that we do multinationally together. And yeah, you could guess them because they pretty closely reflect with the U S largest trading partners, uh, by country. Um, it, you know, it, it makes sense for us to do that. Also, there's a tremendous amount of value, um, although we're very lucky, lucky as Americans, most countries are at least conversational in English, if not have a very high level of proficiency. So there, there is a nice way and channel of communication with that. But when you get into like the nitty gritty of a of an insurance policy, as we know, even if you're not insurance, you've gotten your policy, even a homeowner's policy, 
and it's 150 pages long, uh, it's complex. So when you get into coverage specific topics or uh, a, a complex claim, it, it, it has been a, um, a really nice um, additional value proposition that we've had to have personnel from countries that we primarily deal with and being able to speak from that country's perspective and, and in, in the local language as well. Talk about claims for a second. How are claims handled then? Uh, or obviously, if they're having here in the United States, probably through the domestic carrier. But what about if you've placed coverage for a, a, an American-based company and claims in a foreign country? Uh, is that something you have to pay a lot of attention to? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, now, now we're getting into the fun stuff, Chip. So coverage design it can be can be unique and designed in, in a lot of different ways. And, and sometimes it makes sense, and especially in a hardened insurance market, to really assess and evaluate what is in the best interest of a global group, not, not taking each country and creating a separate profit center, because a lot of times you'll be missing out on efficiencies in the program, maybe from a premium standpoint, but, but also from a greater you know, claims handling standpoint, because if you're working from profit center, a lot of times the decision on insurance is made on what is the cheapest premiums, not what is the best risk strategy for the global group. So you blow through a local liability limit. Parent company is not going to be happy when when there's no, nothing above it and then they're just subsidizing the cost of that claim. So, so uh, uh, program design absolutely needs to be uh, um, evaluated in line also with that lo- local jurisdiction um, requirements. So a lot of times local policies are required, not always. Sometimes an alien insurer can make a claim payment uh, without there being a tax effect. Um, or sometimes that claim payment is illegal. It cannot even be made without breaking the law. Another assessment that needs to be made, okay, maybe a claim payment can be made from an outside insurer, but it's not treated as a tax-free event. It's treated as income. So now we have a tax taxable event being made on what was not intended to be a taxable event. It was meant to be your insurance coverage, which is, which is, not, which is not taxed at, at, at corporate tax levels. So that, that's, a, that's really always a key consideration and evaluation that needs, to be net, that needs to be done. But there's a lot of different ways to structure it. Sometimes these, are, these global programs are with the same insurance company, um, and you ha- you're able to issue local policies in each country. Sometimes that insurance company has partnership agreements so they're not licensed to do business in a country, but they have local partnership agreements. You know, one of anybody that's done international business knows like one of the most prevalent countries that this arrangement is 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 with China. Um, there's uh, very very few. I, I don't think any that I know of off the top of my head that have licensing to do business directly in in uh, the Republic of China. So you go through uh, fronting partners essentially to get to get coverage. And then also, um, you know, what's the scope of risk in that country? And, you know, some things may be applicable in the U.S., but not otherwise applicable. So we're not just looking to just globalize all coverages, or especially with subsidiaries in the U.S., the scope of liability risks um, and casualty lines of cover are just much broader in the U.S. than other countries. So things like fiduciary liability, very U.S. specific, or the worry about, you know, another hot button for California, employment practices liability. Uh, not, you know, just from the civil code countries, they don't care so much. Yeah. So as a risk pronet member, when should I turn to looking for help? Anytime I have both directions coming into the country or a client going out or when, and what's the best way to connect with you guys? Just shoot you an email or what do you think? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I we've talked about it at, at times. I'm we're we're always willing to help. Um, so please just just always let us know, and we answer every question. No, but we kind of know the avenues to go through to to get to it. Sometimes I tap into insurance companies if I don't have a friendship relationship um, in one of the countries. A lot of the friendship, sometimes it's just getting introduced kind of down the line, whether it be from like lawyers, accountants, um, other insurance professionals that have done with an insurance professional in that country. Um, so, uh, you know, I can't, I, if I put together a roadmap, it wouldn't even be the same for the next person that does it. Yeah. Everyone's unique, right? Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Yeah. But reaching out for us and I'm always willing to help. Um, you know, we, we get pretty granular with it. Um, but you know, we'll figure it out one way or another. Right on. Well, Bruce, it's been great to have you today and get a little taste of what it takes to do it. And I know for those people listening, um, they're always agreeable to talk to you and see if they can help you out. And they're great people to work with. So, hey, Bruce, continue to have some fun. I know you're going to have a heck of a travel schedule. Hope you get some time at home and just continue to keep growing. And um, we'll talk to you again. Chip, so good to catch up as always, my friend. Thank you so much for hosting this. Uh, You do awesome every time that I talk to you on this. And uh, I, I hope to see you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Know Your Risk and Insurance Coverage with RiskProNet. For more information about RiskProNet, please visit our website. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter for insurance insights. From everyone at RiskProNet, we want to say thank you for tuning in and see you next time.